that's starting to feel like a rave to me. I'm going to call that a brony rave. We, I actually took you to a rave. Uh, an anime convention. Yeah, yeah. Uh, when when you were younger. Yeah, back Remember in the... Yeah. No, you guys so wow. wanted to go to a rave. <laughs> and uh, and now you bring the rave to me, which is, uh, which which is, is cool. Which is pretty good. What's the, what's the deal with the music? This is 8-Bit Entertainer by Greg Hoffman again. 8-Bit, yep. as in not 64-Bit. Right. There you go. Not okay. even 16-Bit. Not even 16-Bit, but better than 4-Bit. Yep. <laughs> so And definitely better than 2-Bits. Yeah. But um. Tss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No comedy that's too low for me. Uh, anyway, I am Did, your host, guide, and sometimes provocateur. And welcome to the 12th episode of So There's That, the podcast. This is, in fact, the very first episode that has three different integers. That's true. That we're using 0, 1, 2. Yeah. So this is very exciting for us. This is very yeah. exciting for us. Uh, let me introduce my uh, sidekick and co-host, Dante. Hello, I'm Dante. You I'm... are Dante. Yes, yes you are. <laughs> so, uh, so how's your week? Um, my week's been interesting. It, it we, uh, with my mom went to Florida, drove down and back up. So that was a fifteen to eighteen hour drive each way. Oh, yeah. oh, boy. oh my goodness! Uh, yeah. Oh my goodness! Left do you it. sleep in the car? Do you? What do you do? So the the way down, I I slept a lot. The way up, I I didn't sleep till it was late. I'm sorry, I have to interrupt here. I am, as people know, I'm an idiot with a podcast. I was crossing my legs, <laughs> and I smashed my foot into the table. And you know when you hurt yourself and you bang something really yeah. hard and it doesn't hurt, but you know that pain is coming? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's exactly, ow, what happened to me. So I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> so uh, we were there for about a week uh, when we went down and on the way back up, we went to south of the border, which we mentioned. Yes, yes. So, uh, so I, I realized probably for our British fans, when we say south of the border, they have no idea what we're talking about. Yeah. South of the border is is between the... North Carolina and and South Carolina, yep. the border between that. So yep. it's just south of that border yep. in South Carolina. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Right? So. I mean, it's it's a tourist thing. It has lots of, um, I mean, like gift shops and there's. Um, giant sombrero building. Giant sombrero. Is that still there? Yes. Yes. yes it's like the, it's the biggest giant <laughs> sombrero, I believe, in, in the United States. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It also has a huge fireworks shop. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Where, yeah. Um, and and no, it, it's an interesting attraction that we went to both times, way up and way down. It's not... It's something that, like, if you're there, you absolutely have to go to, but you shouldn't, like, go super out of your way. Yeah, because it sucks. It totally mm -hmm. sucks. But but you have to say you've gone to South exactly. of the Border. Exactly. Right? I think I got a bumper sticker for my car. <laughs> so uh, did you get anything there? Did you? Were there any sand-filled lizards or, or things like that? I didn't get anything because um, I didn't really care about anything there because gift shop stuff tends not to interest me. And we live in Maryland where fireworks aren't really a thing you can do legally well and also i mean just in the news i don't know if you've been following this but no. there's a couple uh, uh football players uh, american football players who um injured their hands severely in fireworks wow so there's a player a defensive lineman uh for the uh or and for um 
the New York Giants, and they had to amputate one of his fingers. Jeez. And then there was a guy in the secondaries from, I think it was Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and he lost uh, he lost several fingers. Wow. Uh, so, yeah, I just, like, screwing around with fireworks, not not a smart thing. In fact, I remember the book, and I, I, I'm, we'll have to do corrections next week on this, but it was like Follow My Leader. It was a book that I read in maybe fifth grade about a kid who, uh, who uh, went blind have due to fireworks explosion wow. and it wasn't his fault it was someone else who had the fireworks and he says throw it throw it and the kid threw it at the sound the last sound he heard which was in this guy's face and he lost his sight and so wow. the book was about learning how to survive uh and live a full life uh, after having lost one sight and with a seeing eye dog right i don't know okay. the term is anymore. Yeah. uh but it was leader was the name of his dog so i think it was follow my leader so anyway yes fireworks okay. i've always yeah. like been a little nervous uh, uh about fireworks but yeah yeah but um going down there we went to uh larry park zoo which is a really nice zoo i mean being in florida they it's a lot of um birds and 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 lizards that like we would consider things that should go like that'd be cool in a zoo they're just wander around so there are birds that'll wander around you're like is that part of the thing it's like no they're just there there's a pin with a, a zebra in it that had a bird like a, i don't know what the bird was called but it's one that isn't that's like a tropical bird that was fishing in, oh, really? in, in like the the area and behind it was a snake hunting the bird <laughs> And neither of those animals were supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah. Well, the best thing we have locally is a cat sometimes get into the local zoos. Yeah. Uh, and you'll see these wonderful pictures and articles of like the cat who's sleeping with a bobcat or with a tiger or something like that. And it's just, you know, the cat just kind of wanders because, again, in the States, we have cats just kind of wandering all over the place yeah. and people feed them. And, you know, so now, I, I don't know where specifically in Florida. I know it's um, where we were for a little while. It's a lot there that. Uh, your, like, pet cat has to, if it goes outside, have a bell so that it doesn't kill birds. It's funny. I was reading another article, because that's what I do. <laughs> I read articles uh, that they, uh, that you don't know your cat as well as you oh, think you yeah. do. Yeah. And that the cat only brings home, like, 10% of the kills that it actually does. Yeah. And that they have tracked cats, and they are killing machines. I mean, they, the number of birds and mice and squirrels and all these different things that they kill, and they only bring home, like, one out of every 10, one of uh, every 20 kills do they bring home for the dumb mammal <laughs> that's sort of running yeah. uh, the house. Uh, but they said in the article that bells do not lower the proficiency of their kills. Really? Because if you've ever seen a cat stalk... They're very slow. Yeah. They're like statues. And when the animal turns away, it takes a step closer. It takes, because we've seen it in the backyards. Yeah. We, have rat, we have tons of rabbits. And sorry, I, I apologize. But the cat just, there's just no match. It's just yeah. no match. It's like, it's like watching the, the, you know, Africa, the lion hunting the big game. And it's like, this is the cat hunting a rabbit that's as big as she is. Yeah. You know, so yeah, bells don't matter. Bells okay. really, That's, really okay. don't matter. And also, sometimes <laughs> when the cat has a bell, they put their paw on the bell wow. so that it doesn't ring. They just yeah. kind of sit there, you know, and kind of stylishly, like I am right now, <laughs> and just kind of put their paw there. Yeah. That, that might be true. That that, <laughs> that may that, be true. That might be true. Awesome. Yeah. But no, uh, uh, down in Florida, we went to the beach a little bit. Like, do, I'm sorry, do they do that with alligators too? 
Do they like make alligators wear bells? That would oh, be no. kind of cool. <laughs> Although right? they do warn you to not let your animals out too far, or else they. Oh yes! Oh my god! Very and, often, and and you will see you'll see like a YouTube video of a cat chasing off an alligator, but it's like that's the only one you've seen of the cat winning. Yeah. Like I love cats and big cat person, but yeah, cat, yeah. Um, my mm. money's on the alligator. <laughs> yeah, but um, no, the lots of beaches. Uh, we. Overall, didn't spend too much time at the beach because the sun's really hot there, and so each well day in was... July, <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be hot in Florida. Yeah, yeah hello. Oh well, yeah. Um, but no, the other thing that that pops in my head that was really cool was um one of the last days we were there, we went to the Dali Museum. The, had... I'm sorry, the what? Dali Salvador Dali. Oh, okay. I was, I was like Dalai Lama. <laughs> Is it like Dali? And, hello, Dali. And the paintings were amazing to see. Um, and it's something that I never realized is Dali is and like i always think of these um famous artists well yeah he, he had he had a, the weird mustache but like all these famous artists i always assume they were like renaissance era or or not even if they weren't but like they haven't been around for a long time and and dolly died like 25 years ago yeah yeah no he was um he was a pop star as a <laughs> as as an artist uh and there is the famous picture of the cat having like being tossed up in the air and water being thrown on it. Have you seen? I'll no, have to, I don't. I'll have to track that. this down. But I think it, there's a whole story behind that. Well, I think we'll talk about it next podcast because I, I don't remember all the details yeah. on it. But his original plan was to do something horrifically bad to an animal uh, in midair and take a picture of it. And someone said, "Hey, Salvador, you can't torture animals like that." And, uh, and so they just like threw water on a cat and it's, uh, it's again, I'll have to hunt this down. Yeah. I know this makes for a compelling podcast <laughs> talking about something that I don't remember all the details about, but it will be cool next <laughs> week, next week in the updates and clarifications, it will be spectacular. I, yeah. I promise. No, I promise. But the other thing is cool is because he's such a recent artist, um, he actually has a book that he wrote about art that I got at the museum. Oh, awesome. And it's one of those things that, like, there are certain things in these how-to books that you read that you kind of ignore because you're like, oh, the person writing it doesn't know what they're talking about. I'm going to do it my way. But when the person who's writing it is one of the most famous artists ever, it's kind of hard to say, no, what you're doing is wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, I mean, yes, he, um, it, yeah, I, I'll, I will be interested to hear more about that because he was a, he was a character uh, and just so people know, what I usually when I hear about stuff like this, I suddenly want to jump to Wikipedia. I <laughs> want to read a you know a couple articles about somebody because uh, I'm just I, I love information. Yeah. And I uh, we used to watch uh, Craig Ferguson, Late Show with Craig Ferguson. Yep. And one of the they used to use that as one of the photographs that whenever Craig would would oh, twirl yeah. his imaginary mustache, yeah. they would flash a picture wow. of Salvador Dali. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, that 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 was really cool. Aside from that, I mean, it was a lot of relaxing and stuff. So a lot of uh, a lot of being in a car. A lot of being in a car. Yeah. So that was my week. Cool. Um, how was yours? Well, with with uh, with you guys not being around, I got to focus on packing this house up and right. focus on figuring out what I can take to New York. So. I've been condensing and condensing, and, and again, we're in the basement now doing this podcast, and there are literally piles of stuff all over the place. But it, the good news is, I believe that I've successfully condensed my books and DVDs 
and 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 collectibles and all that down to enough bookcases that they will fit in my New York City apartment. Awesome. I think I finally yeah. got to that point. So we are in fact heading up to New York City later this week. We're we're recording this podcast actually late this week um so that so that you you could still be involved. And so we're heading to New York City later this week. Yep. And uh the apartment I'm going to be subletting from a friend of mine, uh we're going to get the keys to for, you know, 4 days. And uh, and your brother is going to bring the tape measure. And yep. He's measuring everything in this house that I'm planning on taking, and even not planning on taking. <laughs> and then we're going to figure out if everything fits, and then we can and then we can start packing. Yeah. Uh, so the other thing is, I think I may have actually found someone who's going to sell all of my loot. Awesome. On uh, on on eBay. Oh, cool. She's on vacation uh, uh, next week, and I think she just moved into a new house. So she has like a ten thousand rating on eBay. Wow. She just hasn't really sold collectibles. She sells clothes and 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 things like that. So, uh, yeah, she's gonna hopefully come over in the next couple of weeks, and yeah. we're gonna review this. But I mean, there's these piles are are taller than Dante. Hey, yeah, I mean, I just there yeah. it's getting to be crazy. So I think we're gonna go through and figure out what's you know what is of value and what's sellable and what I can donate to charity and what I can give away to friends and what has to be trashed. And uh, so yeah, I feel like I feel like. Uh, after a lot of panic of getting ready for this move, because I've been in this house for twenty years, yeah, uh, I feel like I feel like I can see the light at the uh, at the end of the tunnel. Wow. Yeah. So I am. Um. I've also. I God. I've been making a lot of progress. Um. Just kind of in my transition. Yeah. Uh. I I did two hours of electrolysis this week. Uh. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh. You know. Even with the Recticare. Uh, <laughs> uh. For those of you who haven't listened to this podcast before, uh. It's uh. It's a lidocaine five percent lidocaine solution that I put on my face so that I can endure electrolysis better. Uh. Even with that, you know, two hours is is yeah. a lot. But I think I'm making. Oh yeah! Amazing progress on my face. I feel so much more confident uh, because you guys aren't around. Uh, I've been able to sort of fast a little bit more and yeah. eat a lot less. And uh, and I blame you guys. I <laughs> totally blame you guys for uh, for for all of my weight gain. Uh, I am down to the lightest I've been in over a year. Wow! And I am within like sight like i'm now at a point where i like i can lose a pound at a time and go okay this looks good now can i lose one more pound okay can i lose one more pound and then pretty soon i'm gonna get to a point where i'm like this is okay i like the way i look and i now need to lose three more pounds so i'm allowed to eat right during the day yeah because like i look great in the morning but then you have like a sandwich yeah and then suddenly you know or you drink god forbid you have water <sighs> You know, and then suddenly you look like a pregnant baboon. So I, so again, that's I'm close. I'm really close. I think I'm actually where I need to be, and so I think I'm maybe three pounds away, yeah. maybe four, maybe yeah. four pounds uh, away from being like exactly where I want to be. Right. And the other crazy ass thing that happened to me um, is, you know, I've been on hormones for um, <laughs> for eleven and a half months straight. Not that I'm counting, but um, I <laughs> Dante is yawning because he's like, oh, hormones, whatever. Uh, I I put my hands on my hips. Uh, didn't do the time work, but I you know I put my hands on my hips in in, in you know kind of with my thumbs facing forward, and uh, I noticed that there was parts 
on my hips that I've never had before in my life. And I think my hormones have finally successfully hit my hip, my, my hips. I think, I think I have hips. I think I literally have wow. hips and I am, this is, oh my God. I'd like, I've never, like I've, you know, you can fake certain things you can do. Like I've never had hips like this. Yeah. And so I have a confidence in my body now. Uh, that I don't think I've ever had. So um, I think this is something we're, we'll talk about in the next couple of weeks. But I've, I'm making some emotional uh, prog- progress uh, in my transition yeah. that I just, honestly, God, I never thought I'd, I would get to. So that's just been, I am just so stoked. I am so full of confidence right now. Um, you know, I'm getting ready for my move. And, um, so yeah, I feel, uh, I feel, I feel dynamite. I feel dynamite. And it has nothing to do with you not being around. (laughs) Just, you know, it has nothing to do with that. So let's, uh, let's move to corrections and clarifications. What would we do wrong this time? Nothing. What? Nothing. (laughs) No mistakes last week. Aside from doing a podcast, of course. (laughs) But, but no factual errors whatsoever. (laughs) So go us. Yeah. You know, a little bit of a bro thingy mm. with explosion at the end. Yeah. Uh, so let's uh, quickly jump into updates. Uh, and so uh, last time we talked about having a strike through on Forrest Rain's name because yep. she was the first guest that we've had. Yep. Only guest we've had. And so it suddenly, duh, duh, just add a hyperlink <laughs> to the actual podcast where we talked to... Yeah, no, that works. Wow. So, boom, done. Yeah, I know. Like, in hindsight, (laughs) brilliance. Yeah. But on the opposite of foresight, yes, idiocy. Idiocy. (laughs) So, um, I I think I'm going to put a hold a little bit on talking about guests uh, until I get to New York. Because I think at that point, you know, I may actually try to start reaching out to agents and, and, you know, people who know who know some of these people i actually have connections to a few of the folks on our list awesome. uh it, well i just no but they're people i've worked with in the past and i just right. don't feel yeah. right trying to tap into that because i just feel like i'm taking advantage of a friendship or a work right. relationship so i know that's no way to to get through the entertainment industry um is to use discretion and stuff but i just i'm not comfortable doing that um, and so I'd rather, you know, just do a podcast where it's me and you or yeah, me and yeah. a few other people uh, than, than get some of the, but I may, you know, I may actually put the word out and say, hey, look, you know, and again, I may just go the normal like agent path and, and just kind of reach out to representation. Right. Say, hey, look, I'm doing a podcast and et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, we're going to put that on hold until I'm safely up in New York. Because again, some people are like, hey, why don't you, why don't you do Skype interviews? Yeah. And I could, and a lot of people do that, but too many podcasts I've listened to, too many talk shows, it's clear that people can't hear each other properly. You right. know, like when you have a phone call with someone and someone's talking kind of rapidly and you kind of think you got what they said and you don't want to stop the conversation, go, I'm sorry, I didn't catch all that. Can you repeat it? You lose that, I don't know, that liveliness of a conversation, which is what I adore in what we do yeah. and what I do what I adore in conversations that I have with people. I like that personal connection and the and seeing someone else's eyes and laughing and they're not being this lag right. that Skype provides or a phone provides. So I I would rather have that personal conversation with somebody and I would rather have less quote unquote interviews and less guests if I can have people show up. Right. Uh and being in New York, you know, hopefully I can do that. 
you know, I might not be able to do the two or three hour conversation <laughs> with people and might not be able to take them out to dinner and take someone who's, you know, more famous than me, yeah. which is everybody, apparently. <laughs> uh, and and, you know, co-op six hours of their day. But I'm going to try it. I'm going to try it because that's because um, that's that's how I roll. But I have been thinking about this because we haven't added anyone for a while. And now that we've dealt with with Forrest. Yep. Uh, you know, I think we could add another name into the mix. And so yeah, I came up, yeah. I came up with a name that I am wondering if what, what you'll think about, but I'm going to go with Paul Williams. Oh, right. So Paul Williams yeah. is, is the famous singer songwriter from the 1970s. Uh, and he did one of my favorite songs, uh, which is a, here's another fine mess. Yeah. Uh, which is spectacular. I love that song. <laughs> Uh, uh, it's just, and his songs are so bittersweet and romantic and, and just full of storytelling. They're full of storytelling that there's a backstory to each thing. And, and that's what I would love to talk to him about. Um, I think most people probably know him for Rainbow Connection, yep. um, from the Muppet movie. Yeah. <laughs> and in fact, I was looking at YouTube and I found, uh, I didn't realize this, that Kermit sang this with Deborah Harry, who's the lead singer of Blondie, mm-hmm. on The Muppet Show. Really? So, um, yeah, I may yeah. Uh, I may link to that yeah. uh, when we do uh, when we post this. Uh, it's totally different because it, it's funny on The on the Muppet Show, uh, there are certain people who got The Muppets, totally got The Muppets. Yeah. Paul Williams, totally oh, got yeah. The Muppets. Absolutely. And other people were able to interact with The Muppets as if they were real people, right? And other people like Joel Gray... And Deborah Harry and Arlo Guthrie, uh, they 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 couldn't connect with the Muppets, with these puppets, these hand puppets. Yeah. And so you see them sort of not looking at Kermit's eyes. And to us, Kermit's, a, you know, not a yeah. person. He's a frog, but but he's <laughs> yeah. he's real. You know, he's yeah. real. And so it was. That's what I loved about Paul Williams is his. And and in fact, um, uh, just an old fashioned love song, is the song that he performed. On the Muppet Show, yeah, right, yeah. and so that was the one that I got you. And I, in fact, it was kind of a funny story. Uh, a friend of mine emailed me to tell me that Paul Williams had passed away, and I was like, "Oh my God!" And so I'm sitting there in the office with with a, with a good friend of mine. And I said, "Oh my God, Paul Williams is dead." And so we both start looking at that because that's what you do, yeah. you know. When someone dies, you instantly do a search on Google, and we realized. And then the guy apologized who sent an email back to me. And he goes, look, I'm sorry, it's the wrong Paul Williams. It's like the music critic Paul Williams, not okay. the singer-songwriter from the 70s Paul Williams. Wow. But this was a good thing that he sent this because we both found that Paul Williams was performing in New York City wow. doing an in-residency program, meaning he stays at a hotel for like a month and performs there every night. And wow. so he was at the Carlisle Hotel, which is Upper East Side. Uh, which is a very, very famous hotel. And the yeah. Carlisle Room is a f- incredibly famous um, uh, location that all these brilliant uh, singer-songwriters have, have performed at. And yeah. he was performing there. Wow. So I said, hey, let's go. Let's go. And I got tickets, like, totally last second. And we hopped a cab. We went up there. And he was delightful. He was... And the Carlisle room's small. It's like the size of this damn basement. Jeez. I mean, it's that. So you're wow. like within. And so he performed all of his stuff. And he was so funny and so self-deprecating. And I got to chat with him afterwards. Uh, you know, because he leaves and everyone applauds. And then if you hang out, he comes out. And so I, 
you know, there's a couple pictures of me with Paul and he was delightful. He was so delightful. And I said, hey, you know, I just want you to know that that, you know, how much you meant to me in my life growing up and 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 doing the Muppets. And and I'm like, that was my all time favorite episode. And he was so grateful for that. I said, it's even better. I shared this with my kids. (laughs) So my kids now know who you are. Yeah. You know, and so he um, there's a fantastic documentary called Still Alive. Yes. Um, the ending's a little weak, but the first, I don't know, 75%, 80%, uh, is spectacular. And it's, yeah. it's basically from a documentarian who, who's wistful for Paul Williams. And, and, and as he opens up in the trailer, he goes, you know, I, I love Paul Williams. It was such a shame that he, that he died so young. And then I found out that he's not dead. <laughs> and so that's sort of the motif yeah. of the thing. And it's so well done. Uh, and he has so many fantastic songs that from the seventies, from the seventies. And he was a talk show, uh, every talk show he was on. Yeah. Uh, you know, and he did rainy days and Mondays and you and me against the world. A lot of songs for the carpenters showing my age here, (laughs) uh, skewing young. And, and, um, but he had a real substance abuse problem that he now has had under control for a long time. He's been clean and sober for a long time. And so he talks, uh, he's also the head of ASCAP, which is, I guess, the Songwriters Union. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. And so he's doing phenomenally well now and so funny and so talented. Uh, and and so he actually just launched a podcast a couple weeks ago. Um, oh. Yeah. So I think it would be great yeah. to be able to talk to him about, you know, uh, changes in life and, and really challenges cool. in life yeah. and storytelling, right? Because it's just, he's just... Anyway, so I, I will stop droning on and on, uh, but he's a fantastic storyteller. Yeah. And I think it would be absolutely delightful to have him on. So, so Paul, if you're if you're listening to this podcast, uh, we have an email for you yep. that, that you, can, you can drop us a note at. That's D-I-G at typingmonkeys.com. Go ahead. So, yep. So, there you go. <laughs> so, um, uh, I, also, we talked about our feta salsa yes. uh, thing that we were shooting it, right? Yep. And so, that you yawned, because I, I put you through so much work last oh, time. Oh, my goodness, yes. That, that you yawned. <laughs> so, we edited it. Okay, and when I say we, it's kind of a royal we. I mean, Dante edited the whole thing. Uh, and very simple, very simple. Like, we didn't layer music in, right? And we didn't yeah. do, like, we didn't cut. It was just, it was kind of one shoot, right? I do want to talk a little bit about the editing, because that was, I... Um, in school have taken two video classes where we learn to use Premiere and how to make videos and all this really cool stuff. Can, can you explain what the, the software? Because oh, yeah. there's so, a lot of people have no idea yeah, what you're talking about. Actually, I want to get through a little things. Okay, that's fine. So um, I learned how to use Premiere. That was a program that I'd been using for two years, um, and it was on the school computers. But now that I'm done with school, my computer has HitFilm Pro, which is this video editing program that I've used for, like, one thing ever, and it worked fine for it. But when I tried editing this video on it, I couldn't get it. The, the export time was, like, 45 minutes for a five-minute video when with Premiere, which is also a video editing program, I had done 10-minute videos that would export in, like, three minutes. So I was so confused, things got corrupted, and it just didn't work at all. So Do you want to talk about the email you sent me? But, Which was like this software is a piece of crap. I'm yes. never using it again. I download. I'm going to download something else. And it was like I've never gotten an email so from you where you were just like, "I am done." 
this sucks. Yeah. So Dante out. So Flash has this new thing, Creative Cloud, where you can, uh, where essentially, um, uh, Adobe programs are now subscription services, and that is all a lot of programs that people use: Photoshop, Illustrator, Premiere, Flash, and they can give you a month free for it. And what? <laughs> And when I get to Micah, I'll have most, if not all of them... For free. W- for free with tuition. Right. But You know, I'm- it was great. That's actually a bit of a joke, if I can jump in for a second. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, is that, uh, after we did Micah Day, Dante is all excited. And he goes, hey, I'm going to get, you know, the entire Adobe suite for free. It's like, after we pay for tuition, Well, no, right? it was specifically the person who's giving the tour. I was asking about, like, the digital stuff. And they said, yeah, they... You, they <laughs> In the school, we give you all of the Adobe programs for free. And she paused and goes, well, with tuition, of course. <laughs> yeah, apparently Dante and I have our own uh, realities. So yeah. I will, you know what, you know what I'm going to do next time is just, well, yeah, uh, unlikely, uh, <laughs> is that I'm just going to point to you and say, tell, share the story because you have a different yeah. reality than, than I do. A false reality. Apparently. But yeah. But yeah, so I, I got Premiere. Um re-editing it took like five minutes and exporting took another three minutes and it was so easy well okay but i should say in this crappy (laughs) software's defense i did mistakenly set the record to slow-mo oh my goodness so we recorded this five minute or five and a half minute video that we ended up shooting in slow-mo so which means it's usually what it's 24 frames a second instead it was 240 frames a second so it's Ten Oops. times as many uh, frames for it to it to render and and all that. So this poor program <laughs> couldn't do it. It just tried and tried. Well, we knew there was a problem when we tried to fire it up from the iPhone to put it on the Apple TV, yeah. and it just kept hanging. It kept like it on us. I'm like, dude, it's a five minute video. Just yeah, show it. Okay. So yeah, Premiere worked. Um, nothing against HitFilm Pro. Do not edit slow mo <laughs> videos on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh but anyway, I think it turned out well. I mean, we've talked about maybe doing a, a second version that yep. maybe has some music uh layered in, you know, behind it and maybe trim it down because it's but but I'm very excited uh in that uh you know, I shared this with some friends and shared this, you know, around. And I we we got a comment not on Facebook. I'm sorry, not on YouTube, but on Facebook um from from an, a dear, dear old friend of mine, uh, who who we shall call Yibor, uh, and he he posted this, and I this is a quote: "Feta salsa turned out awesome." Oh, that's fantastic! And I, <laughs> I mean, I don't know if people listening go through this. I know I go through this, but I have so much self doubt in my life, and from a creative perspective, I have so much self loathing. Uh, and, and and I got to be honest with you, I don't know a single writer worth his or her salt that is not filled constantly <laughs> with self-loathing and that I am the worst writer ever. It's like Joe Gideon from All That Jazz, <laughs> where it's just before every single show, he's just like, I can't do it. I, I can't do it. I can't. I, I suck. I've lost it. You know, and his ex-wife goes, Joe, you say that before every show and every show is brilliant. So before every single podcast, Hell, after every podcast I've done, I sit there and I stare at Dante. I'm like, that was horrible, right? We have to totally re-record that. Yeah. You know, and so I sh- we shot the video 
we get through five minutes, and I think get to the end because I cracked a joke in it, but I wasn't joking. I was actually dead serious. I am like, this is the worst video ever. And then we watched it. I said, guys, worst video ever. <laughs> and then like, what, two or three hours later, we sat down and we're like, this is pretty good. Yeah. You know, yeah. like for our first video. Yeah. You know, and uh, so anyway, you what you you definitely should check this video out. Um, It's fun. It's fun. And it's. It's a fun, awesome recipe. Yep. The the basis of my cooking is not like Alton Brown. Alton Brown says your patience will be <laughs> rewarded. I my motto is your impatience will be rewarded. So this is feta salsa, but we start with store bought salsa. Yeah, yeah. Because to make salsa the right way, you have to make it a day ahead of time, let it marinate in the yep. fridge, and blah 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 blah. And that's great. But I never think that far ahead. I yeah. am totally immediate gratification. Like, we're going to, like, it's, you know, it is 6.38 right now, and we don't know what we're doing for dinner tonight. <laughs> I don't know. Like, we're going to, it's like, go, okay, what do we want? What do we have a taste for? Boom, that's what we're going to do. So that's how I cook. All of my cooking is how do I get from fridge to plate within 10 minutes? Yeah. So I'm very excited. So go to YouTube and search Typing Monquette, two words, or you can just do it on Google, YouTube. Uh, or you can do uh, the DuckDuckGo, duck, right? In fact, you can go typing Moncat exclamation point YT, and it'll go straight to YouTube. Exactly. <laughs> and so I have blown out this this YouTube channel when I'm not packing. I sort of go back and forth because I I've kind of have ADD. <laughs> and, and so I started to backtrack, and I put all of our podcasts up on YouTube with like a graphic. There's a site that does this. And then I found, I, I re-listened to the first six podcasts, <laughs> and I pulled every single reference, and I pull, if possible, an appropriate YouTube video. So yeah. when I do all of these obscure, obscure references, like the Paul Williams stuff, yeah. I'm going to drop all of the stuff in for you. Yeah. Uh, and so just go there. It's a giant playlist. So it's not just the Feta Salsa, but it's also all these bonus additional links. I've been doing that on the website as well yeah. at adventuresintransgendering.com, and I'm dropping in various links. Uh, so you can just sort of see, because I reference a shitload of stuff just in life all the time. And so this is kind of a reference guide. This is an annotated Didge guide uh, for for all that stuff. And and I'm very excited because I've come up with what our next video is going to be. Oh, cool. It's going to be our open face Waldorf chicken salad <laughs> sandwich. Yes. Didge style. Yes. So we do this really, really good chicken salad. Yeah. Again, you start, go in the store, you buy their their chicken salad, and then we add a whole bunch of stuff, and then we open face it, and again, what, 10 minutes? 10 yeah. minutes? Uh, yeah. And uh, and again, you go from, from start, from fridge to plate in about 10 minutes, because I just don't have the patience. I have about half an hour, other than my sauce, my spaghetti sauce, which is legendary. I mean, mm -hmm. and I'm actually not joking. I, it, I joke about really a lot of is. stuff, but I actually have people from, uh, God, literally, well, from college, right? So that's 30, 30 years ago. I had people from 30 years ago ask me about if I still make my sauce. Yeah. So um, it, that one will, that's going to be a much longer. Oh, yeah. That's going to be about a two hour video, <laughs> you know, because I do everything, no edits, right? Nope, in real time. No, nope. <laughs> so, but are you going to do, um, are you going to try to do a different version of this? Maybe do a little, like, like do a yeah, little goodies no, out and round, little I, I background music. See if and... I can't, like, maybe shorten it, put transit. I mean, we all did, we did one shot. So. Um, it's play around with it. See, yeah. see, see what you know. Maybe we can do a version two and see which it's, one people like. It's something like that I, I'm amused by is 
that cutting to the same camera angle is something that isn't done because it looks choppy. But YouTube videos do it all the time, and for them, people don't bat an eye because it's almost to be expected. Well, it's funny. We watched it on the Apple TV, and we stopped. We had to watch it on a computer. Yeah. Or you have to watch it on a phone. It's like it's not intended. I know it's convenience, but it's not intended to be watched on a big screen. Yeah. So, yes. So, uh, so yeah, let's screw around with it. See? Yeah. Uh, but, again, our motto is, is you know, do it because we're having fun. Yeah. You know, and, and the moment this stops being fun, the moment this starts becoming work, then we're totally going to stop. Yeah. So, um, anyway, so please, it, it definitely check out our channel. Uh, and, and if you like it, you know, Click the thumbs up. Uh, yeah. Leave a comment. Uh, if you don't like it, don't click the thumbs down and don't leave a comment. But if you <laughs> like it, please, um, and share it. And again, it's fun. It's fun. People who aren't cooking seem to enjoy it. We were yeah. just kind of goofy and stupid. <laughs> and uh, and again, I think you'll end up with a with a pretty fun, cool recipe uh, yeah. that everyone who's had it here raves about it. Absolutely. And again, we just I, I am I am I, I call myself an unpretentious foodie, hmm. and I cook. Uh, in order to have good food. I don't right. cook necessarily because I love cooking, but because, you know, you're living in the Maryland suburbs, you can't always find the place that's going to make kind of a home-cooked kind of meal. Right. So that's the sort of stuff that I like, and this is our treat. After podcasts, we always make it, and I think the scallions add a, a yeah. flavor yeah. profile to it. I'm sorry, I heard that on Food Network, so <laughs> I figured I'd I would I'd add that. Adds a flavor profile to our to our, our salsa. I don't know. I have no idea what that means. I have no idea what that means. Um, so anyway, let, uh, let's continue with our updates. Um, so you remember last week we talked about Alexa and our web ranking? Yes, yes. And how that we had originally been, uh, that we had, uh, that last time we had moved forward to yes. 9,894,894. Yep. Right? And how that was good news, mm -hmm. right? Well, we got more good news, right? So we got upgraded so that now when you go to Alexa, adventuresandtransgendering.com, there's now additional like demographic-y type oh, information. Wow. It's like, hey, you know, how long have people been on the site? And like you suddenly have special icons on it. I'm like, oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. Isn't this awesome? So that's the good news, but there's a bad news piece to it. So we fell from 9.8 million uh, to 15... Point five million. Wow. We dropped, what, uh, over 5 million slots. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. So, um, but, but, I'll tell you what's weird is every single day we jump closer to uh, the good side yeah. by 11,000. Wow. So I think they're still sort of surveying us and trying to figure out exactly where we are. Yeah. I know this is utterly fascinating yeah. to, to, to most people. And some people are probably going to be like 15 million. That sucks. Like, Jesus, yeah, 15 but... million. Like, what the <laughs> hell's wrong with you here? You know, but what I should point out, and again, I, I'm, I'm a sucker for, for information. Yeah. Uh, there used to be a billion websites. Yeah. But apparently it's gone down to only 970 million wow. websites. And it's growing. And they think by 2016, it's going to get back to 1 billion. I don't know what happened. Huh. Uh, the great the great internet purge of, of 2014. Uh, but if you work out the math on that, and you're a mathlete, mm -hmm. but but I've worked this out on a calculator, mm -hmm. so I'm not going to make you do that sort of math in your head. But we're top two percent. Wow. We used to be top one percent. Now we're yeah. top, top That's two. That's cool. Yeah. So so from that from a cosmic yeah. perspective, we're we're like one of the top websites ever. 
Yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. So, you know, but anyway, so so I will definitely keep you all posted because yeah. I know Alex is very interested in this stuff. Like this is <laughs> stuff that he just, he cannot wait until we get to this. So, um, so speaking of more interesting information, uh, UK iTunes, mm-hmm. uh, we're still doing really well. Uh, we're number two, uh, new and noteworthy personal journals, number two, new and noteworthy society and culture, and number 21, new and noteworthy overall. Awesome. So yeah. we pandered last time. Yeah. And I think that's helping. Yeah. So we figured maybe, maybe we could pander some more. Yep. So it is almost exactly a year ago that we were in London. Wow. Right? That's it was cool. Like, yeah. So, um, so I was thinking we could talk more about our trip. Yeah. You know? Uh, so we went to the British National Museum. Yes. <laughs> which is a, wow. just like the greatest museum that, ever. Yeah. <laughs> ever. Uh, because you go in there and you walk in there. And I went there, I went there, I think, on my honeymoon. Wow. And uh, so that was, you know, whatever, 50, no, 20, 20, how old is Michael? Uh, over 20, 20 years ago yeah. over 20 years ago i don't mm. know um <laughs> and they have the rosetta stone wow so the, the rosetta stone is like this anyone who's taken history knows about the rosetta stone yeah because it's what a uh, king ptolemy the fifth put an edict on this giant tablet in three different languages right and it included ancient hieroglyphics yeah and ancient greek so suddenly, no one had been able to translate hieroglyphics. And yeah. so it was this ancient Greek and ancient hieroglyphics that suddenly this was, it's why people talk about the Rosetta Stone being the thing that sort of opens up knowledge, right? Yeah. Literally what that is for. And so it, it was it was found, I believe in 1799, I want to say, uh, uh, by a French soldier in in Egypt. and uh, And when the English kicked the French out of Egypt, during the Napoleonic Wars, yeah, uh, they uh, the <laughs> the Brits said, "Screw it, we're taking it," and they took it back to England with them. Wow! So you hear about this giant stone tablet that that deciphered Egypt for us. You're right, and hieroglyphics and all this great thing, and you go there, and it's this. It's not very big. Wow! It's yeah. this tiny little. I mean, it's not tiny, but it's not like as big as you think. And you thought it was going to be this thing is just just giant, you know, two story sort of. No, 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 no. It's just like, oh, hey, look, there's a rock there that has tiny, minuscule <laughs> text on it that's yeah. been chipped into it, um, and it's behind glass. Yep. So this was this is cool, right? This is just so freaking cool. But when I went, however many twenty plus years ago, it wasn't behind glass. Wow. It was behind a velvet rope, and so it was just like you walked up and there was a table. <laughs> and you lean forward so you can look at it and you rest your forearms and the guard goes hey would you get your hands get your arms off of the Rosetta Stone so it was yeah totally different time totally yeah. different time but now it's now it's behind glass so that that was cool that was cool the other thing that totally blew my mind and I didn't see this the first time I went there is you go in there and you know, you're going through rooms and it's just like every ancient culture ever has a room. And you're yeah. just, you know, you start to get tired after a while. You're just like, okay, yeah, this stuff is four trillion years old. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> this was, you know, and it's just, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's all these ancient civilizations. And, and I'm, I'm utterly fascinated by this, but it starts, it just, it wears you out. I mean, the, this place just wears you out. And so we get to this place, and they have these Greek structures and these Greek uh, reliefs on the wall. I'm yeah. like, okay, this is cool. And I look at the sign, and it says Parthenon. 
And I'm like, wow, okay, well, I thought the Parthenon was a building in Greece. So I guess if the Parthenon's here, that must mean that it's a generic term. Like, maybe I just, I didn't remember my history right. Yeah. And so I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. And it's the freaking Parthenon. There's only one Parthenon. And again, during the Napoleonic era, I think it was 1807, I want to say, um, that uh, that the Brits decided to pack up a chunk of the Parthenon yeah. <laughs> and take it to the British National Museum. Like, this is utterly unfathomable to me what, that what? they took a chunk of ancient Greek culture that was in, still in Greece. It yeah. wasn't a gift. They were just like, hey, it's lying over here, you know, because there had been like a, during the Ottoman Empire, they'd sword ammunitions there. So there was an explosion. So it was, you know, it was kind of in pieces. Yeah. And the Brits helped themselves. This but, probably is not helping our pandering, <laughs> right? I'm probably, I shouldn't be critical. So like, go Brits. Go what, what Brits I, taking I love the Parthenon. That's even awesome. more is on some of their signs, they say that they... Uh, are keeping them because careful licorice sending them back <laughs> might cause damage to them yeah the greek government is trying to get them back and and the brits are like oh no no we're sorry we can't because they'll, they'll they'll get damaged yeah they'll get damaged but it is gorgeous i mean it, it, it is oh it's amazing. utterly gorgeous and it's just you cannot believe how much of it is there yeah so it's apparently i think the ins inner relief of it so like there's still okay. a parthenon yeah in Greece. that's what threw me i'm like i thought it was still there so they just took i don't know they took a good chunk of it but they took like the pretty parts yeah yeah so um and then we're walking down the corridor and this blew my mind this utterly utterly blew my mind there's this fragment of a horse yes that has like you know like bronze work on it and i'm looking i'm like oh, okay well that's cool you know hey another ancient civilization how yeah. awesome is that <laughs> And then I look at the little sign below it, and it says the mausoleum at, ha at Halicarnassus, which is one of the seven freaking wonders of the world. Again, like, oh, hey, there's something here. It's one of the seven wonders. Let's take it back. I'm surprised the pyramids aren't there. Yeah. <laughs> like, how many things did these guys pick up? I mean, look, it's awesome for me to see. Uh, but it's just, again, in, you know, the United States, you're not used to seeing old stuff. I mean, there's, there's a, there's a joke, um, that, uh, 200 years is a long time in the United States and 200 miles is a long distance in, in, in England. Yeah. And, and so, or, or in Britain, I guess. Uh, it, so, you know, cause you go there, you go to London and they go, Oh, Hey, this wall was built by the Romans. <laughs> I'm like, What? Like, the freaking Romans were here? Yeah. Like, for us, it's like, again, if it's a couple hundred years old, you're like, oh, my God, this is oh. so old, you know? <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, I'm just, again, history buff, huge history buff, seven wonders of the world. Like, you, I grew up, like, that was, that was the Holy Grail. Totally mixing metaphors here, <laughs> but that was the Holy Grail. It was like the seven, oh, my God, that's history. Yeah. You know? And so, they have that. Um, and then they also have, uh, a couple, uh, column bases from the temple of Artemis at Ephesus. So that's one of the other, uh, yeah. so, so yeah. just for people to know, Seven Wonders, the mausoleum at Halicarnassus, the great pyramids of Giza that, that are still in Egypt, yeah. not, mm -hmm. not, haven't taken yet. Um, the hanging gardens of Babylon, uh, but they don't know if that's actually existed or not. Okay. They, they've never been able to find it. Uh, the statue of Zeus at Olympia that was later disassembled and moved to Constantinople, apparently. Okay. Uh, uh, we talked about the Temple of Artemis at Ephesus. Um, Colossus of Rhodes. 
right? And that was uh, that was destroyed in 226 BC. Wow. Giant earthquake. Yeah. Giant earthquake. And then the lighthouse of Alexandria. And that was also destroyed in earthquake a little bit earlier. No, actually a little later. A little later. I'm sorry. In 1303 AD. Wow. Um, so again, those were the, like, that's the stuff that um, I had always, I'd always heard about. And yeah. so it was so wild to sit there and just be yawning and exhausted. <laughs> and suddenly you're like, holy crap, I'm staring at history. Yeah. You know? So those, that, those are the memories that I still vividly have. Because again, these are things I never thought I would see. Yeah, I never thought I was going to see the Parthenon. I never thought I thought I'd see the Rosetta Stone, and I sure as hell never thought I would see uh, the the seven ancient wonders of the world. This is what I'm like, simply with caffeine. By the way, <laughs> like poor Dante, he has grown up yeah. with me this <laughs> wired all the time. So anyway, so do, any memories or, or things uh, that you have I mean, from that from that museum? It, just... We had a hot dog outside. Oh yeah, right. We had a giant sausagey hot dog. Yes. Thing. It was enormous. Oh, and we got Cornettos. Didn't we get oh, Cornettos? Yeah, we did. And uh and and the flake. The uh the the flake not the flake. bar, but the 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 um the ice, ice cream, cream that has ice cream thing in. that had the flake thing in yeah. it. So for Americans, these are the most amazing uh like ice cream pops that you buy in the freezer, but they are fantastic. Yeah. And for the the the, the geeks out there, they'll know the Cornetto trilogy. Yep. Right is is the the Simon Pegg Edgar Wright yep. trilogy of movies, yep. which is I got uh, Shaun, Shaun of the, the Dead, Dead, Hot Fuzz, and World's End. World's End. World's, World's End. End. There we go. Yes. <laughs> no. No. I'm, 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 yes. Tangents. Remember the first podcast I talked because I've listened to all of them again. Uh, tangents. That's what we do. I, no. I, no. I'm, I'm amused because because I'm like. Is it? I couldn't remember if it was World's End or At the World's End, which is the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. Yeah, yeah, and I don't. Yeah, remember. no, no, I, think, I, I, think I, I don't think Edgar Wright did the. Did oh no, he did the Pirates of the Caribbean no, it's... movie. He almost did the Ant Man movie. Almost that's, that's, that that, that would have been just, cool. That's coming out. Yeah, no, that would have been cool. Uh, but yeah, uh, well, we no... also did Scott Pilgrim. Yes, yes. yes. I, I'm a big fan of Edgar Wright. Ooh. Okay, I, I'm I'm gonna try to hold off, and we will we will uh we'll talk about Simon Pegg and Edgar Wright at some future podcast because i will get derailed for half an hour <laughs> yeah if i continue talking about them but yeah. yes yes so so yes everyone look forward to to geek talk uh-huh. <laughs> yeah so i'm sorry memories memories really nothing specific stands out it was a lot of stuff there were well the, the one place i saw your eyes light up was we went to the roman sculpture room and you saw uh, 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 sculptures yeah. of the faces yeah. of Caesar Augustus yeah. right, and Claudius. And we had just seen I, Claudius. Yes. Uh, which is, if if anyone ha- here has not seen I, Claudius with Derek Jacobi, you, you are, oh my God, this is some of the best television ever, ever made. Yeah. Uh, and it's, and it's, it's, um, it's actually based on two books, I, Claudius and Claudius the God by Robert Graves, who, uh, is a translator of like Greek mythology oh, wow. and Greek history. Yeah. He was a brilliant historian. And so he wrote a couple of books, but this is, and it's based on actual letters or parchments, I guess, uh, that, that Caesar Augustus and Olivia and all these other characters, Tiberius yeah. wrote. And so the dialogue is based on what they actually wrote wow. or chiseled or whatever yeah. you did back then. Um, and it's spectacular. So Derek Jacobi is in that, uh, Patrick Stewart, Yes. Isn't it? Right? Yep. Place of Janus. 
um, uh, uh, Magenta from Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. She's she's yeah. Uh, she's in it. Uh, William Hurt um, is in it. Um, uh, he is um, uh, Caligula. Yes, yes, yes. And Brian Blessed, of course, plays uh, Caesar Augustus. Yep. Um, so yes, that is uh, wow, 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 wow. So I, I think maybe we've pandered. Yep. Think we pandered Me enough? Too. Yeah. So okay, good, 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 good. So so uh, hopefully you know again we'll continue to be new and noteworthy. Yep. Um, you know, and uh, and if this is boring you, then well, tough. Yeah, I guess tough, right? Um, so um, yeah, I, I think that we've probably gone on enough with um, with with updates. So maybe we can jump then into the mailbag. Yeah. So uh, so letter number one is from Laura Linelli, who we've heard from before. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And she says, "Hey, Dig and Dante, thanks for reading out my comment. Made me smile from ear to ear." The X at the end of my review was a kiss. In the UK, as far as I know, we have a habit of putting it at the end of messages. I should clarify, Didge, that when I called you brave, I meant that it takes a lot of guts and bravery to deal with the personal shame you felt and you embrace yourself, as Forrest said in the podcast. I have heard and read that trans people are not entirely happy with the you're so brave sentence because they are just being themselves. What I personally meant by it was that understanding yourself fully and embracing it, regardless of if you're gay, straight, trans, gender fluid, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, takes some form of bravery. And that should be celebrated in my eyes, especially when it is something that isn't accepted by the whole of society. Love the podcast with Forrest Rain. The topics were great. You all had great chemistry. And looking forward to hearing more from you. Lots of love, Lara. No X. No X. So uh, thank you, thank you, thank you. I, I tried to address this in the last podcast. Thank you. Yep. Uh, and I'm I just I have to start learning to say that and 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 because these these emails mean so much to me. Yeah. And uh, and so I don't want anyone to think that they've ever done anything wrong by by voicing support. Right. For what I'm going through, and and you know, I'm going to talk about this, frankly, as a topic to your, but um, the 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 emails I get, the positive emails, the positive comments I get, the support from my friends is what gets me through this. Is what gets me through every day, you yeah. know. So so never feel like you shouldn't do this. This is so deeply, deeply appreciated, Lara, and I I, I genuinely I mean that. Um, so, so never apologize for being supportive. Uh, and, and I apologize to you for making you feel bad in any way, shape or form. You have absolutely been amazingly supportive, uh, of us. And, yeah. um, and it, that genuinely touches my heart. Uh, so thank you. Thank you. Um, again, trying to be, thank you and move on. Yeah. Right? yeah. Like it's hard for me. It's hard yeah. because I want to drone on. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows that, you know, that's, I'm good with that. So yep. number two is from Alex in New York City. Yep. Uh, this was your best episode by a long shot. Oh, cool. Yeah. I listen because you are my friend, but also because I'm genuinely interested in hearing about what it's like to experience a journey I know nothing about. I want you to, I want to know about your experience, not your Alexa ranking. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> well, sorry, Alex, you're going to continue listening to it because I know deep inside you're in denial you that you actually know. do mm-hmm. want to listen to my Alexa rating because it's Alex with an A. Yep. Mm-hmm. So like, why, why wouldn't you? Why right. wouldn't you? Would love to hear Dante's experience with your transition. 
Yeah. If he had inklings previously, how his friends take it? Basically, more Dante. <laughs> more Dante. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so, so yeah, let me toss that. Let me toss. So, so, Alex, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Uh, let me toss it over to you. So, um, you know, we've talked a little bit about this, um, but um, I, I guess just to Alex's point, did you have any inkling that I was transgender? No, not not at all. Okay. It never occurred to me. Okay. Um, and um, do any of your friends know? My my best friends now um i I don't really bring it up because i don't tend to have friends come over i tend to go out to see friends outside so it's not something that they'd learn without me saying it to them uh one of my friends i told because they were coming over and one of them i told because i was talking about the podcast to them and i figured it'd be like what's the podcast about it's like oh (laughs) stuff Stuff. yeah (laughs) but yeah um (laughs) Yeah, two. Wow, that's that's exciting. And what was their reaction? Uh, both of them are like, oh, cool. Good. Well, I mean, that's the thing. I think it, the generation, I mean, I, I went to I went to graduation, you know. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I went to Godspell. Yeah. You know, and so I, I think perhaps more people. I know. And actually, I think I picked you up from a party or something. There were, no, I, or we walked by someone on a mall and like a bunch of people. Oh, yeah. You, like waved at us. Yeah. One, and, yeah was someone... and looked at me and they kind of waved. And it was like there was no, I didn't sense any giggling. I didn't sense any bad vibes. Yeah. Uh, from, from, from people. So, um, so yeah, I mean, I just, I think this generation is like whatever, you yeah, know, for like, part, yeah. like, yeah, yeah. So, um, it, it's not like it is on TV. You know, yeah. it's not, you know, uh, so, so far, but I guess we, I, I should work on you being able to bring friends over. Yeah. No, I mean, because I, I mean, I've invited them. I just, to be fair. I mean, and in the old days, a bunch of our old friends used to come out. We used to go to anime conventions and yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, uh, it's, you know, it's not you. It's, it's just, I, I tend not to do that. Oh, I know so. it's not me. Yeah. I know it couldn't possibly <laughs> be me. Well, so are you, is there fear, um, of how people might react to me or is it because you are gender fluid and you've experienced some of the stuff on your own that, that it, it's, it, you know, it's inconsequential. Um, I mean, I, or do you just have groovy friends? I don't share personal things with people unless they ask or I feel it's important to what we're talking about. So I just never bring it up. So I mean, there is no fear of how they'll react. I just don't. Okay. Okay, cool. Well, Alex, I hope that that uh, <laughs> hope that answers answers your question. Um, so let's move on to I guess the third letter, which is uh, which is from Mike in Gaithersburg, and Mike's a Mike's yeah. a regular, <laughs> um, and Mike is also also a friend of mine, like like, like Alex, uh, and and he sends me two notes. First note is you betray your urban upbringing in your detailing how the pre-internet generation obtained porn. You obviously never experienced the joy of finding discarded playboys in the woods. <laughs> so I actually have. I actually have. Okay. Uh, and and yeah, that's you would if you went in a forest, there would be people who had playboys, and they would they couldn't take them home, right? And so they would they, you'd find a stack sometimes, like wow. usually in like garbage bag or something. Yeah. So yes, ah, uh, for the days of pre-internet. <laughs> and then he wrote something that is uh, it's a little bit long, and I apologize for this, but uh, it it kind of drove what I wanted to talk about uh, this this week. So um, the thing that is often ignored in the discussions of the travails 
of the transgendered is that it's not just a transition for the person, it's also a transition for those who care for them. This has been on my mind a lot, not just because of you, but because two other good friends of mine are undergoing that transition, and that has made me face my own thoughts on the matter. I have to say I am glad that Dante is so involved in the podcast, since I've seen the children, admittedly significantly younger, of another transgendered friend have a rough time dealing with their father's transition, and the thing that amazes me about you deciding to do a podcast about your process is that you are having the kind of discussions with Dante in public that I suspect so many transgender parents do not or cannot have with their children. Children and loved ones need to know above all else that the person they love is still the same person, which can be a difficult realization to come to because our gender is such a vital part of who we are as a person. But it is not the be-all and end-all of your personalities, and the biggest difficulties I've seen, and indeed that I've had in my own head, in people coming to, in terms, with transition of a loved one, is getting hung up on the gender without meaning to. So yes, I, I, I'm not the only verbose yeah. one, <laughs> you know? Uh, I'm sure you've had similar experiences of well-meaning friends saying absolutely the wrong thing for a situation. Something I live in fear of, if only because if I did, you'd let me know in a New York minute what a boob I was. So he continues, but let me let me just pause. Let me jump in, <laughs> as, as other people would say, uh, and respond to this. And, and in no uncertain terms, uh, I have no problems with people, friends of mine, who are supportive using the wrong language. I, the, the language to me is so secondary. Yeah. What matters to me is that the support comes from a place of love. That if someone is genuinely supportive, I don't care what words you use. Because I know you will never intentionally use the wrong words. Who cares if you add ED to the end of a word? Yeah. You know, and I've had dear friends of mine use words that I have issues with, and I've waited until the appropriate time to say, oh, hey, by the way. Yeah. Because I don't, I don't want to shoot the messenger, you know? Like, this is, people are being supportive of me, and I never thought they would. So, never fear that you use the wrong word. Or ask me. And I will not, in a New York minute, criticize you. Um, we'll joke around, and hopefully I'm still me, right? Yeah, and we're yeah. still going to joke around. <laughs> I'm still going to razz you about stuff. But um, I... I genuinely appreciate all the support. So so let me continue. Uh, he says, if I can give advice to the friends and supporters of the transgender persons in their lives, it would be this. The thing that compelled your loved one to begin this arduous process were there from the very beginning of you knowing them. The transition process isn't putting anything new into their heads or their personalities. Even if those things were under the surface, they were there, and even if the biological processes that go along with the transitions, hormone surgery, etc., may accentuate those formerly hidden characteristics. The makeup of your loved one isn't changing, only shifting. And to my mind, if they were your friends before, there is no reason for them not to be as good a friend after. And if they can't deal with that process, then they were not a true friend. You know, I hate to deal in absolutes, but this is one area where I do feel very strongly, and if there is one heroic thing that you must do, Dig, in your journey is to develop patience with your friends who make unconscious slights and faux pas, faux pas, we don't know the plural faux pas, um, uh, those must wear on you. 
And if they come from someone who is otherwise caring, supportive, they must hurt you all the more. And so again, I I thank you. Thank you for this concern. Thank yeah. you for this level of concern. And again, I speak for myself. I, I, I cannot speak for other people. But I believe strongly that my friends are my strength. This is how I'm getting through this. Um, because I have desired acceptance from people for so long. Yeah. And I've gotten it. And I've gotten it. So, no, I am not bothered by awkwardness from people. Um, you know, I've... I don't want to say I've lost some friends, but there are some people who don't talk to me anymore. Right. And I think it's because they don't know what to say. You know, it's it's if if you've ever had someone who was diagnosed with cancer. Uh, you know, I had a friend of mine years ago diagnosed with terminal cancer and I didn't I didn't know what to say to him. I didn't words were so inadequate. And I, I, I just, I didn't know how to make it better. And so I chose the path of not communicating. And I, I have such regrets that I didn't talk to him. Because when you talk to people with cancer and you talk to cancer survivors, it can be so isolating. Not because people don't want to be supportive. They want to, but they don't know what to say. Yeah. And when people don't know what to say, they tend to not talk to you. Yeah. And so if anything, that's what I've gotten <laughs> is that some people just, they're not comfortable. And there's another much smaller group of people who don't understand. And it does bother them. It does bother them. And, you know, I look, it. that's life, you know, that's life. Um, and I'm not angry at them and I'm not disappointed in them. I am... I am thrilled at the people who are there with me. I'm thrilled with the people who are who are who are there with me. Yeah. No, it's 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 I I can't think of an example of someone who in a mistake they made it being an ill intention or anything. That the mistakes that are made are are meant f with full support in mind they just it's something that they haven't experienced or thought about so they're caught off guard they and they've never experienced it so they're they have no nothing they have nothing in their mind to compare it to right right i i think the other piece and i have to tread really carefully here is if you go on huffington post and if you read if you go to some of these websites um you will experience a very militant group of people who are transgender. And I understand it. I mean, I, I will, and we'll talk about this at, at some point. I do understand where that anger and that frustration and all of that is coming from. Um, and it means that a lot of people are very careful in how, like they're not free in conversations with me because they're afraid they're going to say the wrong thing. And they're afraid that because they don't psychically instantly know how to handle what I'm going through, that they're going to say something horrible and they're going to be transphobic and they're going to be yeah. labeled as yeah. this and they're going to be a hater. No, they're not haters. So with me, ask me dumb questions. I, I, honest to God, if you ask a question that's not appropriate, I will nicely 
tell you, again, as long as it's coming from a good place, it's all good. It is all good. So never, ever, ever fear in dealing with me. Yeah. And if you want to send emails to me and all those different things, I'm happy to answer any questions. And again, I will very politely, if you get to a point that I'm uncomfortable with, I will say so. But I just, I feel that people have to be able to make mistakes and learn from them. Yeah. I don't, I, yeah, I have an issue with people making the same mistake over and over and over and over again. But I think people should be allowed to make mistakes and should be allowed to learn from those. That's the only way we grow as people and grow as a culture and grow as a society is learn, learn from our mistakes. We're not perfect. We're yeah. not, we're not perfect. So speaking of that, let me um, kind of shift gears. And I know this is, um, you know, bail bag. And this doesn't quite fit, but I, I had an old OkCupid uh, profile I had for years, and um, and I find I decided it was time. It was time to delete that profile, not try to change it, not try to do the, and just start screw it. I'm starting a new profile, uh, and OkCupid has has modified what they do, so it's not just male female. You actually now have a variety yeah, of options okay. to choose from, and I chose transgender, and I wrote my profile up with you know it just. It's not a picture of me. It's 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 a it's a silhouette of a someone who was female, and I just felt that was appropriate. And so I wrote, you know, the way the goofy way that I talk, the goofy way that I write my blog, just the goofy way I live my life. I wrote, you know, all yeah. these stupid <laughs> questions that they have, and and you know, and et cetera, et cetera. And so I read it. I was happy with it. And so I get um, first day, first day, I get. Uh, I get a response and I'd like to read it to you. Um, this is from Benedetta and she writes, you may have changed your sex to female, but you sound like a flaming queen in all caps, like the gayest quote unquote girl swaggering down Christopher street. I have ever heard women do not write or talk like that. You have a lot of learning to do. This is unsolicited, right? Like, I didn't go to her profile. Yeah. I just built my profile, you know, turned yeah. around, bleep, you got an email. So, um, so Dante knows me. Dante knows me. Dante yeah. knows who I have been over the course of my life. And I am not someone who takes language like this quietly. Yeah. I don't. <laughs> I, and I usually use the nuclear option on people. And... Uh, I, I, I don't like that I do that, but I do. And, uh, and so let me read to you what my response is. Cause I think you're gonna be very proud of me. I think yeah. you're gonna be very proud of me. I mean, I sat and I walked around and I gotta be honest, I got it and I started to laugh. And that's why I talk about having confidence in who, who I am now is that I find this amusing. It actually didn't anger me. Didn't anger me. So this is what I wrote. Feeling the love from across the internets. For the record, I don't claim the mantle of womanhood. Just trying to be me and enjoy life. I hope you don't mind if I quote your unsolicited and open-minded missive on my podcast. Toodles. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Surprised? Yeah. That I didn't like pretty good. nuke him, nuke, nuke her, nuke her. So she responded then. She responded. And she goes, quote away, you're just another unpleasant freak. No one will take you seriously, I can assure you. And I, um, I 
you know, that one, that one was a little bit harder. Because it, it plugs into my fear that I will be perceived as a freak. Because I have been, and I've been called that. Um, so I, I, I share this to say that we do still have a long way to go. And, um, and this is why I so deeply appreciate the support from the friends that I have. Because you guys say, oh, of course. And I'm like, no, not of course. Yeah. There are people who have a visceral issue with me existing. Yeah. And, um, you know, that's it's that's life. That's, you know, and so again, you know, I, I read articles about people complaining about someone saying transgendered instead of transgender as if this is the most horrifying mistake that someone could make. And I yeah. look at this and I go, this, this is the anger and hatred that is out there. And, um, you know, it's, uh, hopefully as we progress as a culture, this will become less and less yeah. and less prevalent. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't know how to respond to that. I, Oh, I know how to respond to that. <laughs> but yeah, no, it's it's still out there, and it's still out there, and and it speaks to it speaks to, uh, uh, the topic du jour, um, which is the nature of hiding, or you know, as I like to say, the art of not being seen, um, and and, and why what I have dubbed impossible day was impossible day. Um, because this is not an isolated incident, okay? Um, so before the internet, if you were transgender or cross-dresser and you wanted to meet people, I'm not talking about for sex. I'm just like trying to find safe, safe, yeah. like it was a lot harder, right? You couldn't go on forums and OkCupid and Craigslist and all these other safe yeah. <laughs> platforms that are out there. You would get a copy of the city paper and you'd flip to the back that had personals mm -hmm. and they would have a phone number that you could leave. So a phone service that you could leave a personal ad on. And, um, and so that was that was nerve wracking because it was my voice. It was not a picture. It was not right. a whatever. It was just my voice, and my voice is not feminine, you know. And <sighs> do the best you can, you know. You do the best you can, and your 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 voice is nervous and cracking and all this different stuff. And then and then you dial in every night, you know, after everyone's gone to sleep, sort of thing. And and you listen to hear uh, if anyone responded, and. I am not making this up. I had a person who left a message every single day um, threatening in graphic detail as to how he was going to kill me because I deserve to die. I deserve to be killed. And... Um, <laughs> and um, you know, he detailed how with a knife he was going to carve me up. 
you know, you fucking whore. You know, just the most despicable. That's actually some of the nicest things he said. <laughs> um, in just some of the most disturbing, like, serial killer type language yeah. ever. Uh, and no matter how many times I changed my account and changed the name I used and all this different stuff, I would call in and, um, you know, and you'd hear that, you'd hear that voice again. It, it was this deep gravelly voice that you could just hear it and just know, you know, and you had to listen through a message to be able to delete it sort of thing. And it was just, and they were long, they were long and they were graphic. And, um, and one day he said, I know who you are. And I know where you live. And one day, when you least suspect it, I'm going to do this to you. And, um, you know, and it's like a horror movie, you yeah. know, because you, you, you like, in, for a moment, you're like, is this true? Yeah. Right? Um, and then the rational part of your brain kicks in and goes, no, 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 no. He's just fucking with you. I hope, I hope. Um, but it, it, aside from the death threat, right? Aside from the graphic nature and the, the, the lowest that, that, that we can see people drop to. And this was his fantasy, right? This was, this is how he aroused himself, you yeah. know, sort of a serial killer in training, to be honest. I mean, I, yeah. I actually don't joke about that. That was actually someone who fantasized, um, uh, uh, about killing people and at a certain point that fantasy is no longer enough yeah. and then he follows somebody and fantasizes killing that specific person and then and then he does it and he does it and um and that scars you it me <laughs> um because you start it taps into your fear that you are not worthy of being a person. You're not, there is something so fundamentally flawed, right? And, and I still get it, right? I know, okay, Cupid. And, and that there is something fundamentally yeah. wrong with me. And that I am a freak. And, and that's why that word is so painful for me to hear because, you know, I believed that for decades. And, you know, some people I know think that, you know, yeah. and, um, and I'm I'm finally at a point in my life where I don't care. I mean, it still hurts. I'm not going to deny that, you know. So people are like, "Hey, sorry if I use the wrong word. Don't use freak. How about that? Let's yeah. start with yeah. don't use the word freak. That would be that would be cool." Um. But you know, I bring this up not not for sympathy, not to you know share war stories, but because when I've come out to people. I get responses that I'm not expecting because I know the context of this life I have lived. And on some level, you sort of expect everyone else to, you yeah. know? And, um, and you don't. And you see people respond to this through a different lens, through their own lens, not through my lens. And, and I, I, I love that. I actually, I love different perspectives and different, points of view, even points of view I disagree with. I, I, I'm fascinated by a brain processing and looking at the exact same picture, yeah. you know, which is why when you get into art and yeah. modern art and things like that, that to me is really fascinating is what do people see? 
you know, and, and then I want to see, well, how do you see that? Right. Yeah. You know, and, and so it, one of my favorite movies, as you know, is, is Rashomon, uh, by Kira Kurosawa in yep. 1950, starring Tashiro Mifune, one of the greatest Japanese actors of all time. Yes. Um, and it's, and it's about an event that happens, a samurai era. Right. And there is an event that happens and you don't see the event happen. You just hear it told from like five different perspectives. And each perspective is so radically different in that there's a woodcutter and there is a samurai and there is a bandit and there's the samurai's wife and there's the, you know, and it's all these different perspectives of what actually happened. And and it's very funny because it's the same event, but it's through all these different lenses. And the ultimate... And I guess maybe this is how I perceive life, if you want to understand this adult brain that I have, uh, is that the movie suggests to me, suggests that there is no truth. There is only perception. That there is no ultimate truth. It's not like Orson Scott Card writing Speaker for the Dead, where there is one person who sees truth, and this is the truth. I don't believe in that. I don't believe in that there is a single truth. I believe in these shades, you know, that everybody sees and in aggregate it paints it paints a picture. So so to that, let me walk you through some of the responses, the perceptions to me coming out. So I have had some people view this news that I betrayed them. That um, by not sharing this information with a friend is the ultimate betrayal of a friendship. That I didn't trust them enough. Right. That we're friends. And I didn't share this with them. Um, so that's, that's, that's one perception that I've gotten. Another is that, um, and it, it's similar, but it's different is that because I lied to them about something so fundamental, it means that the entirety of our friendship or our relationship is a lie. Right. Because everything that they look back on over the course of however many years or decades was not true. So it's not a sense of a betrayal as much as it's a lie. Right. It's X-Files, right? It's, yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's all a lie. Um, believe the lie. And so again, so those are two. Uh, the, the third is that if this is true, and it is true, I mean, that's their perception. Yeah. It is true. That must mean that I have been overcompensating my entire life. That I tried to be more manly than I actually was. And so again, it's similar in a way that I was lying and who they think right. I was was not actually quite as manly. And I don't, I don't believe that to be true. I've always been intense. I've always been an alpha person. And that hasn't changed. Like, that hasn't yeah. changed. Um, and yeah, I mean, I did wear clothes. I did position myself to be more masculine than I was. And that the reality was I was more in the center, but I guess I didn't put, I didn't 
put on false airs to to act more manly. Right. Um, you know, yeah. so, so, I mean, I, you know, I love boxing, you know, and I understand it's a barbaric sport, but I grew up in the, you know, in the seventies and Roberto Duran and Marvin Hagler. And well, I mean, it's more the eighties, but I mean, just these amazing fighters yeah. and, uh, and just unbelievable bouts and, 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 you know, and I love sports, I love football and I love, and I'm not saying that women don't, but there is a stereotype, right? Yeah. And so because I fed into that. Um, and, and because I was tough, you know, and scrappy probably is probably, let's call it scrappy. Let's call it scrappy. Um, you know, it, it wasn't that I won every fight I was in. I was just, I, I never, it was never worth your while to get into a fist fight with me. Right. Because I was never going to stop until I did damage to you. Yeah. And anyone who knew me throughout, you know, grade school and high school and college, like I was in fights. I've been... In more than my fair share of fights. I never started one. I never started one. Um, but, you know, I was never I was never going to back down. So, I, you know, again. So, and and then the fourth one I've, I've gotten, which really, really threw me, uh, which was this sadness that they were somehow at fault for not knowing that they didn't notice, that they didn't read the tea leaves, that they didn't see those little hints right. and put two and two and two and two and two together to make however many that is. Um, I don't know how many twos I said. Yeah. Uh, and that they should have been more supportive and that my life wouldn't have been so, I don't know, uh, 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 challenging. Right. Uh, if if only, if only they had seen. Yeah. You know, and then, and then, and then, you know, there's, there's a fifth category that I, I really don't like to get into of people who, who just have an issue. Just, <laughs> yeah. uh, just, they don't want to see it. They don't want to be a part of it, you know? Um, and, and, and again, I get it. I get it. Um, and, and so as usual, I, I think the truth, the truth of who I am lies somewhere in between. Uh, because it was, it was the fear of getting caught, right? Yeah. I'm a freak. So the reason I couldn't share this with people is not because they were going to be closed-minded, but because I I couldn't even accept myself, right? Right. You know, and I probably deep down thought I was a freak, thought there was something wrong with me, you know? And and while I didn't judge other people, I did I did judge myself. I did judge myself. So, so all these people who feel this sense of betrayal um, or, or that I lied that all, yeah, I did. I did. I did betray our friendship. Yes, I did lie to you, but I also betrayed myself and I also right. lied to myself and, and I am the best I can do is a month after I finally accepted that this is who I am and that this is okay is when I started to come out to people. Yeah. You know, I mean, I didn't pack up. I, I could have packed up and moved to a different coast. I didn't have to stay in touch with people. Yeah. You know, and um, so I, I don't know. What kind of have, have you have you gotten an array of, of responses like that? I've had a sort of closed array. A lot of them are very same, the like similar same type thing. Like the average response is a, oh, OK, that's cool. Like there's not. Oh, yeah. I mean, I guess I should say that. Yes, oh, yeah. there, yes, there are absolutely people who have been fantastic and fabulous. Yeah. And I came out to someone last night 
um, who I haven't talked to in years, in yeah. years. And, you know, she just so happened to her email got got um, got hijacked. And so I got an email saying that basically she was in the Philippines and she needed help. And and so I turned out I had her number in my cell phone. So I texted her. I said, hey, you know, I think someone, you know, someone um, hacked into your email. And so we started texting and I told her and she was like, wow. That's yeah. fantastic. I'm so happy for you. So, so yes, I, yes, you're right. I, I do. I, I guess I focused on the bad <laughs> and not on the good. There's a lot of people have just been utterly fantastic. Yeah. But again, I think, I think I'm going to get to that. Yeah. You know, but, in a the, bit, but there are the other one that I got a lot of was the almost lack of response. Like the whole don't have any idea how to respond to it at all. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And in the coming days or whatever would be like, yes, I'm absolutely supportive. But at the moment is the I don't know how to respond to this. Well, I mean, that's a thing that I learned in therapy. Over and over and over again, give people time. Yeah. And and you have to, because for some people. It is a surprise, you know, it is it is a shock. I mean, in fact, let me if if you don't mind, let me. um. Let me read a, an email of someone who I was I was corresponding with, and he gave me approval to be able to yeah. to read this. He said, "I wanted you to know that I think it's great that you decided that this is what you want, and didn't want to live in a way that you didn't want to." I have to admit, I was stunned. You always came off to me as a very masculine guy. You know, some people you hear they're gay or bisexual or whatever, and you think, "Well, sure, I figured." That whole Gator thing. But I had no clue until you mentioned it on Facebook. But I'm very happy for you, assuming you're happy, which it seems like you are from your Facebook posts. And I really, really do need to listen to your podcast. So, yes, you have to listen to my podcast. Yes. Though I guess if he's not listening to the podcast, then he, he wouldn't can't hear, hear that. You say he that. wouldn't hear yeah. that. So we're kind of in a catch-22 here. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I mean, um, it took him time to process it. And he's, you know, and, and everybody needs time. You, Everybody needs time, even when you get a bad response. Even when you get a bad response, you need to give those people time. And so, again, getting back to the email from earlier of like, you know, you need to be open-minded. You need to give people, you know, an understand. Yes, I totally agree with that. I completely, completely, completely agree upon it, that if we are expecting other people to be accepting of us, we need to be accepting of all responses yeah. and give people a chance, even if they show their worst side, give them an opportunity to show their best side. Yeah. Dazzle me. That's always been my motto in every job I've ever done. Everyone who's ever worked for me, well, hopefully, dazzle me. That's, I mean, that's how you succeed with me is yeah. I go, okay, here's what we need to do. Dazzle me. You know, and if you dazzle me, I'm going to leave you alone and let yeah. you do great work. Yeah. You know, and so to that extent, I try, I try to to give people time and not harass them, um, and wait to see if they're going to come around. And if they don't, hey, it's okay. It is okay as long as you don't berate me. <laughs> yeah. You know, as long as you don't call me a freak, as long as you don't threaten to kill me or beat me over the head with a stick, uh, you know, it's all groovy. Yeah. It's, all, it's yeah. all groovy. Yeah. Um, I think the one thing that was really different was I had people that expected it, people that went, oh, okay, I 
because I I didn't before I came out I didn't exactly restrict what I wore. Uh, I mean I didn't wear like extremely feminine things, but like whole nail polish thing, the whole um, that yes I like pigtails. Pigtails were so nice. I'm too old for pigtails. Um, but I would see. I know this is the thing I don't understand about your pigtails. Yeah, the part oh in the back of yes. your head was perfect, and I'm like, I can't even get the part on the front of my head to go the way I want it to. And you're like blind. Like, did you use your iPhone and a and a no. selfie stick? Or I mean, it, how the how'd you do that? About. Five. Yes, these these are the issues I have with Dante. Yeah, yeah? about five or six minutes of slowly <laughs> getting it all lined up just so. But, yeah. Um. Yeah, you have better spatial sense than me, because I'm just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, but, no, I mean, it was just spot on. No, I remember. But that, that, was, yeah. I, uh, that was when I started to suspect. But I felt as if it was your way of, God, what a horrible analogy, chumming the waters. Yeah. Yeah. Right, yeah, it yeah. was your way to sort of broach it. For me, it was screw it. I'm telling people. Yeah, and it came out of the blue because I wanted to come out to people while I was still the way they knew me, and tell them and say, okay, I'm going to be transitioning to some extent, and and I I don't I want to be able to do that and not like freak people out. So that's, yeah. I'm going to tell you, but yeah. you took a different approach, which is, which is groovy and cool. No, I, I still have some friends who I haven't told, but I have displayed as female around. With... Yes. I mean, you've, I've seen you wear a dress to a party. Yeah. Uh, to yeah. a party. Yeah. Uh, and... I've, I've, I've I've um I've sort of linked to this oh podcast goodness. on Facebook. I, I have a of one friend who I knew was going to be supportive. Like, there's no way they weren't going to be, and uh, they'd seen me wear a dress a few times, and all that. They're the one that painted my nails for the first time. Um, and I'm like, so just so you know, <laughs> this is happening, and and they laugh. They're like, yeah, okay. <laughs> That's fine. Well, yeah, I mean, you also, I, I mean, you know, we went to the Doctor Who convention and, and I was starting to kind of share at that point. Um, and I, and again, people look at me and I think someone who I, you know, like the people who worked the con, um, I bought a, like a round of drinks for yeah. everyone who was at the bar because I'm just like, hey, these guys are busting their tail and just want to show some sort of, yeah. you know, to just be nice in, in, in some way. And so one of the, one of the younger guys, was trying to be nice. He was trying to be nice. And, and he was young and he just didn't know. And so he looks at me and I was, you know, I think I was wearing, you know, like jeans, like dark jeans, women's jeans and boots. And, and I was wearing a, you know, like a girl's tee and I was wearing the girl's blazer on it. And, and so, again, for some people, I just look creative, you know, and um, and he goes, so um, who who are you? Like, who are you trying to dress as? Ozzy Osbourne? <laughs> You know, and it was, <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, maybe I'm not sharing the way I thought I was. I was, yeah, I was trying, Um, you know, I'm certainly trying, but you know, the contractor, we had a contractor come over today because I have to get house repairs. Yeah. So I've lived in this house for 20 years and done very few repairs. Yeah. So I need to get the house repairs done before I sell the house. And he came in and he kind of gives me once over and uh, not in a bad way but yeah. just in the sort of like okay your voice and your body aren't quite matching yeah. and i'm like so hey just you know i'm transgender and i'm transitioning and he's like okay whatever 
<laughs> and he genuinely meant it. I mean, yeah. he genuinely meant it. And so you get that. You get people who are like, I don't care. You yeah. know, I have a, a, another dear friend who was just like, dude, I don't care. <laughs> and I, he meant it. Yeah. He meant it. Like, yeah. I'm just going to put the switch in my brain, Didge. I'm going to switch from male to female. And I'm done now. Yeah. So you want to grab a burger? <laughs> like it was that sort of thing. So again, yeah, we do focus a little bit on the bad because yeah. that makes for a better story well, right. than for the people who are just like groovy the entire time. Yeah. No, I, I don't. I've had reactions that I didn't take particularly well, but I haven't had bad reactions. Well, we're, we're coping I mean, I have good days and bad days. I have more good days than bad days. And, you know, especially when you come out, you're on this emotional high. And the world's going to change. The world's going to be amazing. Because now my biggest, darkest secret is out. And people accept me. And this is awesome. You know, and I think I wrote about this in the blog. I went to the office the next day. And, like, it was just business as usual. We were, <laughs> had to work on a PowerPoint presentation. And I'm like, but, but. What about me? You know? And they're like, what? What? Like, yeah, just like, I need you to work on that section. I'm like, oh, okay. Um, So yeah, it, it, for many people, it's a bigger deal for us than it is for a lot of other people. A lot of other people are like, okay, that's great. I'm going to, and that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> it's awesome. But it's so, I mean, especially for me, 40 years of hiding, you know, um, is, is just, and, and, and you do hide. I mean, you know, because you've shaved your legs and you've painted your toenails and, and <laughs> you've plucked your eyebrows. And for me, I've, you know, like you, you wear long pants all the time. You know, you, you do all these, you live a different life so that people won't notice. Yeah. So that people won't notice that like you, you know, the, the glasses I had, I had a pair of glasses. So that if I trimmed my, my eyebrows, if I plucked enough such that they started to actually look feminine. Mm-hmm. Um, that if I put my glasses on you, they sort of ran over the eyebrows so you wouldn't notice. Oh, you know, okay. and then I would never take my glasses off or not ever, but I mean, for that, for a couple of days or, yeah, or what have you, but you do, you do everything. And, and I mean, for me, I, as, as you know, I had a goatee for decades, Yeah, you know, that would shave off for a weekend or whatever, but then you come back to the office and you're shaved and it's like, oh my God, are people going to notice? Cause you know, for me, I, I would pluck with tweezers every facial hair because that was the only way for me to get, yeah. you know, a, a light skin that like I have now. And, um, and and so you come in and you like you expect someone to say something, yeah. you know, you wear you wear, um, you know, a clip on earrings sort of things and you get a mark, you get an indent in your ear, you know. Right. And and so you do all these different things that God, I hope no one notices. And and all of the interest that you have in in clothing and fashion and shoes and all these different things, like you have to feign not being interested in girly things. Yeah. You know? And it, because, because again, back in the day, that meant there was something wrong with you. You weren't manly enough. Right. You know? And it, it's funny because I was, you know, I was writing out in the outline for what I wanted to talk about. And I, and I got to this and I suddenly had a flash memory. And, and this happens to me all the time. I have these flash memories back to, childhood in probably elementary school and we we're talking about greek history and specifically about odysseus who is you know in the iliad and the odyssey he's the hero of of the odyssey and he was the clever greek he was the smart one right and achilles was destined 
to die during the Trojan Wars. So Achilles' mom decided we're gonna we're gonna hide Achilles, and the way we're gonna hide it is we're going to pass him off because he's so gorgeous, so beautiful. Yeah, we're gonna pass him off as female, and so sent him to Skyros, I think was the island. Uh, and and he succeeded and was passed off as one of the daughters. And there's a whole bunch of mythology to that. But uh, Odysseus knew that Achilles was there, but just because Achilles was so pretty <laughs> that he couldn't tell which one it was. Right. And so he came up with a scam where he had a this container of trinkets that had all these beautiful rings and necklaces and all these different things. And in there, he had a sword. Oh, <laughs> and so he's passing this around. I think he had he was dressed as like an old beggar or like you know old old salesperson sort of thing. And oh hey hey, and you know that's my impersonation yeah. of Odysseus. In case you're you're curious, and so he you know and so he comes up and goes to each girl, and Achilles just keeps looking at the sword and 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 finally touches it, and finally grabs it, and that is how Odysseus yeah. knows, you know. And so that was it was that. Hell, it may have been that story that, that sort of reinforced that you couldn't, you know? And that when you looked at women, you were looking at them because they were, you know, because you were a guy. Not because you're like, oh, my God, I love that skirt. You're right. Like, oh, my God, those heels are awesome. Yeah. You know? And and so it, it, it was this, your biggest fear was being found out. Which right. is why I had to confront that fear head on. And I had to come out. I'd come out to people. Um, and it's why, I guess, I want to talk about Impossible Day. This is a phrase I came up. And it's, it's you know, it's a variation on Impossible Girl for those of you who are Doctor Who fans. For those of you who aren't, uh, uh, Impossible Girl, Stephen Moffat, invited guest. Yep. TheDIGATTypeMonkeys.com has come up with the girl who waited and and possible girls who play girl. All these different things, a lot of which speak to me on a very personal level. Not souffle girl. <laughs> not interested in souffles. Uh, but impossible girl is Clara. And through a series of plots and a series of episodes, she is someone who shouldn't exist. She is someone who shouldn't be alive. This person cannot, according to the laws of time and space, yeah. cannot exist. And he dubs her Impossible Girl. And there's a season where he is trying to figure out how is it that she exists. And so I have a t-shirt, which I'm not wearing today, uh, which is Impossible Girl. Because I feel like, yeah, I feel like Impossible Girl. That, like, that I've come out, that I've done all these things is impossible. This was never going to happen. Ever, ever, ever. Right. And And so I had... What I have dubbed Impossible Day, um, which is Dante and I went to our local mall, and we went shopping for girl stuff, yeah. for women's clothing, and we got our ears pierced together. Yeah. And it was so joyous <laughs> because I got to shop, number one, number one, I got to shop openly. As female. Yeah. And I got to, I, you know, okay, for guys out there, women's 
clothing don't have a lot of pockets. It looks like they have pockets. I know you're going to stare and go, hey, look, there's a pocket. <laughs> yeah. Those pockets are not made for holding stuff. Not like guy clothes. Yeah. So when I started to wear women's jeans and I started to wear women's tees, it just got to a point where suddenly I'm like, I don't have that many pockets. And if I didn't wear a hoodie, I couldn't figure out where to put my wallet and my keys and my phone and blah, 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 blah. So it got to a point where I'm like, I now understand why women have purses. Like, I didn't want to get a purse. Right. That was like way, oh my God, I can't believe I could never possibly walk around with a purse. (laughs) What would people think? The world would end. And so I I decided, okay, screw it. Like, I don't want to lose. I've lost my phone and I've lost, I like so many things I placed because I just like, I'm holding them in my hand. So I went. And we went to what Lord and Taylor's, and I got a Calvin Klein, yeah, little black purse, the smallest bag I could yeah. find that was cute that I liked. And now, of course, I understand how purses work, and it's like <laughs> the I cannot fit enough stuff. I'm like, well, I want to put my hand lotion in there. Well, what about my makeup? What about this? <laughs> yeah, you know. And um, but I we shopped together and we looked at stuff, and and it was awesome. Yeah. And, but I mean, even then, the 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 woman working that department left. And like, I just, you know, cause like when you look at stuff, the salesperson comes over and goes, may I help you? Yeah. Like, would you like to throw money at me? Would you like to ring, you know? And I just, there was a discomfort. There was a discomfort. And I don't know if I was the cause of it. I don't know if I was uncomfortable. I don't know. But I had a great time. I had a great time because we were laughing and yeah. we were picking up different bags and we were joking around. And, and I never, ever, ever believed that number one, I would go shopping for like girl stuff as me. And that I could ever go with somebody else. And that it was my family. That it was you joyfully wanting to share this moment with me. It was a day that would never exist. I mean, it just, it was an impossible day. Yeah. And I had such a fantastic time getting our ears pierced, buying a purse. Getting leg warmers. You were yeah, the one who was like, yeah. hey, check this out. And I was like, oh my God, I got to get these. And so just walking around, you know, these stores that had shoes and all this different stuff. And, and you know, look, I, I talk about the people who aren't cool. Yeah. But there are people who are, and there are people looking and they give you a warm smile and they're like, hey, good for you. Yeah. You know, and that was a couple of the shoe stores. And, you know, we went to another shoe store where the Abuelitas there just started smirking and pointing. And I just, yeah, yeah, at that and then, and then the guy, remember the guy who we, we walked all the way to the end of the mall, we turned around and came back. Oh, yeah. And there was a guy who walked out of his store and he was staring at me. Maybe both of us, I don't know. Yeah. But staring at me. And I turned around and I looked at him from a distance. And I'm like, okay, are you staring at me? Like, is there someone else you're staring at? And, um, and he, like, he wouldn't avert his eyes or anything. And, like, he stared at me for, like, 10 minutes. And I was like, I just, this is so... Yeah. Crazy. Because again, this is what I expect all the time. And I don't know if it's because I'm more confident now or if I don't care or if I'm cuter. Yeah. <laughs> if I am 20% cuter now. Yeah. I mean, um, I know I'm passing a hell of a lot more than I used to when, when I keep my trap shut. But, um, but this was such a wonderful, wonderful day for me. And it's something that I'm never... I'm never going to forget. Um, so I don't know what your memories of that, if it was, I mean, for I mean, you it probably wasn't an impossible day. No. It was, it, it was, was possible day. It was, that yeah, would be it was Dante's fun, possible was a, day. 
cool thing. I mean, um, at the store we got the the leg warmers. I saw someone I knew from school. Um, oh right, yeah. Which is actually someone I hadn't come out to because I was friends with their older brother. That, that's like how I knew them because they were their sister. Well, and you were wearing a dress. Right? I believe I was. I, yeah, yeah, you were wearing that blue dress thing. They had like the the cowley type. Oh thing. yeah, I think I, I think that's I think that's what yeah. you were. Yeah, no, you're right. And you had your and your toenails were painted. Yeah. Uh, and that was nice. Um, well, because your mom took you out for freaking pedicure. Yeah. She never took me out for a pedicure. Yeah. Just saying. So. Anyway. Not um, bitter. Not bitter. Anyway. Uh, so seeing her was nice because she was like completely cool. Um, and it, it was it was uh, coming up to prom, so I didn't get to see her brother because he was getting like a, a tuxedo fitted or or something. Um, and then outside of that, there was. I think that this was the day it was. I'm having trouble remembering if it was the right thing or not. But the thing that, like, made me uncomfortable, because for most part, I tend to be pretty good at shrugging off looks, because just the way I am, I, I tend not to... So you do acknowledge there are looks? Yeah. Okay, good. No, yeah. no, because some people think I'm making this up. Right. Some, some people think I'm making up that people stare at me. So, and, and I'm not saying everyone does. I mean, it, it's and, and sometimes people stare at me because they think I'm female. But, but yeah, I, I'm not used to getting looked at. So I, I just get just as, again, it's all about me. This podcast, all about me. So make sure I'm right. But so no, it, it's something that where you, it's hard, it's harder to notice someone looking at something that isn't you. Because when someone's looking at you, you see the eye contact. You, you see are that. so wise. Oh my <laughs> god, you are so wise. You're right. Yeah. You notice when people look at you. You don't notice when people look at the person next to you. Yeah. Wow! You can't see exactly what direction they're at. So it's hard to tell. So I'm going to take credit for that one. <laughs> In my bloodline, I'm going to yeah. take credit for your <laughs> wisdom. That's me. But I, I know I'd gotten some looks, but for the most part, it wasn't a big deal. I, I didn't mind. But the only um, bad reaction I'd gotten coming out wasn't from someone I'd come out to. I, um, my girlfriend had told her parents, and, and she kind of explained how the reaction went. And for the most part, I'm like, yeah, fine, whatever, I don't care. But whenever I went to her house or, or we would pick her up or whatever, I was always uncomfortable because I knew how they felt, and it wasn't at all groovy. <laughs> and in, I think, a shoe store in my corner, I saw someone that looked like her mom. And it wasn't. Absolutely wasn't. And they weren't even looking at me. I just saw them. Yep. No, no. I, that that spasm of fear. Yeah. That spasm of panic. Yeah. Yeah. So that was that was hard. Um, yeah. No. I mean, I, having yeah, having gone out uh, throughout my life, you know, you you get that. Oh my God, that's someone I know. You know. And yeah. I remember one time I was was in college. I. I'd gone, finally worked up the courage to buy a bra. And so I went to a department store. And I run into the girls I know. And they're like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, it's a, it's a gag gift. Yeah. You know? And um, so, yeah, but that is, yeah, it's that. Yeah. That grip of the stomach, that hand, that icy cold hand that grabs. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's. Yeah, but uh, but you remember how the day ended, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. oh yeah. So we, um, you know, you had that moment where you thought, and and I guess I remember I, there was a point where like 
you just weren't as relaxed as you had been. And I'm like, did what, what happened? And, and you explained that to me. And uh, I'm like, well, do you want to go? And you're like, yeah, I think I'm done. I mean, it was fun, but, you know, yeah. I'm done. Yeah. And I was I was a little frustrated with the abuelitas who had been staring at me and smirking. That was the thing, the smirking and the pointing. And even when I looked at them and it kind of shrugged a little bit, they, they, they just – they thought it was okay to smirk and point at me. Like they yeah. thought it was okay. Yeah. Um, and that has taken me a long time to get over. Like I, I'm a lot better now. And when people do it, I am now amused right. that people yeah. – somehow think that's okay and i think that's the right approach you know the the nuclear option is not always the best option i'm learning that yeah. i'm learning that takes time takes time um and and the guy at the store you know came out and stared at us so we were we were we had a great day we had a great day i bought it you know bought the the leg warmers and the and the purse we got our ears pierced so it was a great day it was a fantastic Absolutely, yeah. possible day it was awesome but it was done we were done it was time and so we uh, we hopped in the car and we drove and I I looked at you and I said so, McDonald's fries, because yeah. McDonald's fries solve all bad yeah. things, yeah. all bad things. And so we went there and and you know you got to go through the drive through and so it was like okay great you know I'm gonna get stared at awesome. Hmm. And the girl who took our money, she was what 19 something like that, and she she took the money and she looked at us and then you know she's giving us the change back. I'm like okay let's see what she says. She gives us this really beaming smile, and she just goes, you guys look great. Yeah. And it made the day worth it. Yeah. Uh, it absolutely made the day worth it. So um, let me close with a quote um, from a manga series called Naruto that, that you – yeah, and your brother got me into. And in fact, I have read the entire series. And we haven't twice. <laughs> Seventy graphic novels. Yeah, uh, brilliant, brilliant series. Um, and it's about a kid. There, it's a ninja village. There's, you know, yada yada yada. But it's about this kid who everybody hates. Everyone despises, and he has no idea why. There's just this contempt for him as a human being. And you find out in the first issue that this demon fox, this giant demon fox that had destroyed the village, you know, 10 years before, had been bound inside of his infant body. Yeah. And that instead of him being viewed as a hero, he was viewed as the demon fox kid and that there was a law that had been passed that no one was allowed to talk to about this no one was allowed to share this with the kids this was a secret this did not happen and because so many kids so many parents stared at him with such utter contempt and hatred all the kids in the village stared at him with utter hate and and contempt and so it's him the series is this kid who starts to understand what's going on that his biggest goal is to be acknowledged by the village to be acknowledged by people in the village and to be respected yeah and to not be treated as the demon kid the demon fox kid um and and he is battling at some point another kid that has a demon 
sealed inside of him. Yeah. And is at this point where Naruto is starting to be accepted a little bit, a little bit. And so this is so well done. But he says, I didn't know who or what I was to deserve to be hated so much. But I started meeting folks who would acknowledge me. So even though people looked coldly at me, I got used to it because I wasn't alone anymore. I never imagined it would be so joyful and happy. I am so grateful, deeply grateful. It's okay for me to be alive and to exist. And I've been reading this recently and I, um, you know, I can't get through some of these issues without crying. Um, so in line with all of these emails I got of people saying, hey, I need to be accepting and sharing why I hid and sharing even today how some people respond, I am so deeply grateful to you, Dante, um, and to so many people who have stood by me and who email me and they text me and and they stay connected with me. And they don't have to. Like they're busy with their own lives and they got kids and they got this and they got work and they got and they call me and they text me and they send me an email and they send me notes on Facebook. And and when I thank them, they're like, oh, pff, of course, you know, and what I don't think they truly fathom is they have acknowledged who I really am. They have allowed me to exist and be joyful and happy. I am happy and I smile all the time because not only because I've accepted myself, but because others and you your brother have accepted me as who I am and I get to laugh as who I am. And you all have made me so much stronger than I've ever, ever been in my life. Because who I really am isn't alone anymore. So, um, so thank you. Thank you. I, I wasn't sure if I was going to make it through without balling my eyes out um so um but yeah it's welcome yeah so on that note uh let me uh let me do some shameless plugs yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um check out check out my blog at adventure our blog our, yeah. our blog yeah. not just me it's not just me ventures and transgendering.com uh check out facebook right yeah facebook.com slash typing monquette yep goes to our our facebook page a uh, whole bunch of new information there. Go to YouTube, go yes. to YouTube, typing Monkat, two yep. words. And, um, you know, and again, it, it, please continue to send us notes. Yeah. I, we love hearing from you. It is so sustaining. So drop us a note, digitypingmonkeys.com. Leave a review. Look, yeah. if you haven't had an opportunity, leave a review. It means so much to me. It means so much to Dante. It means so much to the podcast. Um, really, honest, honest. Uh, send us notes. Um, uh, and, and, so yeah, um, yeah, awesome. Yeah, so I, I guess I'm gonna uh, play us out with "8-Bit Entertainer" by Greg Hoffman. What?